Um, so today's staff is Daf Chaf, um, and uh, there's going to be uh, some interesting discussions of astronomy. We'll get to that in a bit. But first, we pick up with a continuing discussion. So to remind you, we're talking about the shluchim going out at the various Rashi Chadashim, which is related to the question of, um, you know, when um, about like wh- which month needs shluchim in terms of can we assume the length of the month? You know, some months maybe have a more fixed length. So they went out for Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, although the general principle, and I'm saying this because we're going to revisit it, is that Elul was always 29 days. Nevertheless, there's always the possibility, so they go out again for Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. Similarly, we're talking about them going out here, the issue of they going out for Nisan um, and the whole question of is there an Adarshani and what is the exact length of it, a similar type of a question of do we always know the length of the Adar? So, um, and that's both a question of when they add elite month, which is already shown, is that either always 30 days or always 29 days or does it vary? And then the question is, is the length of a, forget elite year, um, you know, a normal Adar that precedes Nisan, whether it's a normal one Adar or whether it's an or Shaney, is that a fixed uh, um, size or not? So um, the Gemara yesterday said, right, had a um, had different opinions about that. Um, so um, so, and we stopped. And the last line was, you know, maybe we'll pick up with that. Yotera um, Magbet, five lines from the bottom. We'll just read this. Um, okay, now I'm going to even go even even further. Okay, Rebbe Simai. So good ten lines from the bottom. We'll do this quickly because we did this yesterday. So you can do any size, whether it's Adarishan or Adarishan, not any, 29 or 30. But in the name of the Master, Rav, they said, If it's two Adars, the first one is Malay, and the second one is Chaser. Bizmano means that the, that the previous month was only 29. So it's always Malay and Chaser, unless you have definite knowledge that the Adarishan was only 29 days. But you should assume 30 and 29. Okay. They sent to Mar'ukva. So, if, regardless of whether it's a leap year or not, the other preceding Nisan, so either Adar or Adar Shani, um, is always going to be 29 days. So, Matthew Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman challenge. We're going to see this Mishnah. On two holidays, the uh, witnesses, uh, not holidays, on two Rashi, for the sake of testifying for two Rashi Chadashim, the witnesses would violate Shabbat because they could do it because it's Bimo In order to do it at the right time, you can come and carry and travel on Shabbat in order to be able to testify that you saw the moon the previous night. Which two months? Um, for Nisan and Tishrei, because those are the ones that are really critical because they affect the holidays. Now, Iyamart, now again, Nisan, of course, follows Adar. So if Adar is always 29 days, why do you need a witness to violate Shabbat to tell you when Rosh Chodesh Nisan is? You know you're going to make Nisan on uh, the day, on day 30 of Adar. If you have it fixed, you don't care what the witnesses say. And this is introducing this idea, as we're going to continue to see, that while we make the new, moon, the new months based on the testimony of witnesses, we also have the latitude of ignoring the witnesses and just doing what we want, which is, by the way, how the calendar works nowadays when we don't have witnesses. So if you've decided Adar is always going to be 29 days, who needs to violate Shabbat? in order to testify about Nisan. We know what Nisan is going to be. So the Gemara says, If you say, sometimes Adar is 29, sometimes 30, that's why you violate 
Shabbos to testify about Nisan because you want to know when to, when to make Nisan. If you say, top of that Adar is always 29 days, why would you violate Shabbos if you know what day you're going to make Rosh Chodesh Nisan? You know it's going to be day 30. Because even though we know and we can do it without witnesses, there's a mitzvah to use witnesses as the basis of it, and for that sake of that mitzvah, we will violate Shabbat. Now, of course, as the Gemara is going to ask, if that was your only issue, why are you limiting yourself to Nisan and Tishrei? Yeah. Nisan and Tishrei indicates it's not just because we want to do it based on witnesses, but because the importance of getting these months right. So the Gemara will get back to that. But at this stage, we're saying, sure, we don't need them. We would have done it without them. But they violate Shabbat because we want to use them. Okay. Igidi some say, Amrav Nachman, Afanan Amitanina, we talked similarly in our Mishnah, that Nisa, that other is always 29. Now we're going to use it to prove the, to prove Dafka's support. Okay, so you violate Shabbat to testify on Nisan and Tishrei. If you said that that Adar is always chaser and we know which month is we know which day is going to be Rosh Chodesh Nisan without the witnesses, then even if day thirty of Adar, which we know is going to be day one of Nisan, falls out on Shabbat, we would have the witnesses travel on Shabbat. Why? Because even though we know we're going to make this Shabbat Rosh Chodesh Nisan, we want to use witnesses. That makes sense. Okay, so why wouldn't it make sense the other way? If, however, you say that Adar could sometimes be 29, sometimes 30, says the Gemara, why should you have to violate Shabbat? Why not? Don't you want to get the witnesses to come on Shabbat and make it Rosh Chodesh? No. Let's just close our doors on Shabbat on the day 30 and have them come on Sunday and make, and make day 31 Rosh Chodesh. So you understand, here's the Gemara's question. The Gemara's assuming, ignore this, we'll get back to this in a minute, but the Gemara's assuming the case is, right, here's your Adar, okay, 29, 30, right, and this is Shabbat, and this is Sunday, and this is like day 31. Well, this is not going to be a day 31, but you get the idea. So, if the Gemara assumes that this is how this month fell out, so if we've already pre-decided that Adar is 29 days, and therefore this is going to be Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and we've pre-decided that it has to be, because Adar is only 29 days, we know we're going to make Rosh Chodesh Nisan on Shabbat, so we're going to have, and we want to use witnesses to do it, we're going to accept the witnesses on Shabbat. That mm-hmm. makes sense that you violate Shabbat. But if, you decide, if, you can dis- if Adar can be 29 or 30, it's not fixed, why violate Shabbat? Just close your doors, we're closed for business, have the witnesses come on Sunday, and we'll make this Rosh Chodesh Nisan. We won't have violated Shabbat, and we'll have used witnesses. Okay? Now, of course, maybe the witnesses will say we saw it two days ago, but then it'll be too late. You didn't accept them today. So, okay, it's too late. Okay, so it's a funny question, because the answer could be, that's not being the Kadesh al if if, if the testimony isn't confirming this as the day. But anyway, that's the first question. If you have some latitude, just close your doors here. Why do you have to violate Shabbat? So let's see what the Gemara's answer is. Eid ikla yom shloshim b'shabbat hachinami. If day 30, like I just do it, fell out on Shabbat, you got a good point. Maybe we would just close our doors and do it on day 31. We're talking about this wasn't the case. The case was that this is Friday. The case was that it was um, 30. 30, 30. 30. Is that right? Yeah, Friday was the 30. 
try to be right. 30, 31. This was the case. No became <coughs> Friday. So we're going to have to accept witnesses on Shabbat to make Shabbat day one. And we knew we need to do it up here. Yeah. So that's the case. Our flexibility doesn't help us. There were no witnesses here. So we're going to have to make it day 31 into Rosh Chodesh. And that's the Shabbat. And we'll have to accept witnesses on Shabbat. Okay. All right. So that's the end of that discussion, whether Adar is always 29 days or whether it's flexible. Mazi Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana went on to challenge this issue about whether Adar is always fixed as 29 days. To, or, now remember, our answer, we tried to prove it wasn't fixed from the fact that the witnesses could violate Shabbat to testify. And the answer was, no, it might still be fixed, but we might want to do it in order to do it based on the witnesses, even if we already knew which day was Rosh Chodesh. Let's see if that stands up. Masi Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana asked, when there was the base of Mikdash, this is the end of the Mishnah we're going to see, then they would violate Shabbat to testify for any Rosh Chodesh because you want to make sure you're bringing the right Korban on the right day. Okay? So we see what? You see that the question of do you violate Shabbat is not the issue of to be mitzvah l'kadesh apiyah re'iyah. If the reason you would violate Shabbat is just because it's nice to do it, we want to do it based on witnesses, then you would always do it on every month. You see from the Mishnah that whether you violate Shabbat is not based on just an abstract desire to testify based on witnesses. It's based on the concrete implications of whether something hinges on getting the day right. So that's what the Gemara says. So it says, You see the other months, the reason you would violate Shabbat is not for the sake of a mitzvah to do it based on testimony. The only reason you would violate Shabbat for a particular month is because there's a practical implication, like bringing the Corbin in the right time, not just for this abstract thing of, oh, we want to do it based on witnesses. So if that's true, the reason you would violate for Nisan and Tishrei is not because, oh, we, we know the date, but anyway, we want to do it based on witnesses. No! You see, you would only violate Shabbat if there's a practical benefit, if there's something practical hanging in the balance. Doing it for the sake of having witnesses because it makes it nice, if that were true, we would do it on every month. So you see, there's got to be something that hinges on it. If you say Adar is sometimes 29, sometimes 30, then you understand why you would violate Shabbat for Nisan. Because you want to make sure you've got the day right. You've got the day in sync with where the moon appears. So that's why you do it. The Olam Chaser, but if we've decided Adar is going to be 29 and we're going to make day 30 Rosh Chodesh regardless of the moon, so Amai Mechalin, why would you violate? So again, we're back to the question. The fact that you violate Shabbat shows we do not have it predetermined. The Gemara's answer that we do have it predetermined, but we do it because we want to use witnesses, the Gemara here says that can't be true. If that's true, we would do that for every month. And we don't do it for every month. So the Gemara says, Shufta, you're right, that's a contradiction. The fact that you violate Shabbat shows that the date is not predetermined, shows that the date is hanging in the balance, and therefore you see that Adar can sometimes be 29, can sometimes be 30. Okay, and that seems to be the conclusion of the Gemara. Which is good, because we would like to believe, at least that when they were doing it based on witnesses, it wasn't all prefixed. Mm-hmm. But when they were doing it based on witnesses, generally, it was based on witnesses. What we're beginning to see is some possibility not that way, that certain aspects of it might have been predetermined regardless of the witnesses. But anyway, the conclusion at this stage is that Adar was not fixed. It would be based on whether the witnesses would show up or not. 
okay, or when the witnesses would show up. He asa Ula, now when Ula came from Eretz Yisrael, Amar, he said the following, Avrula Elul, he said, they actually made Elul 30 days. We had taught yesterday, so we're now moving on from Adar. We've decided Adar isn't necessarily 29. <coughs> By the way, notice the parallel, right? Mm-hmm. We had said, which basically meant Elul is always 29 days. We've also been saying, Adar before Nisan is always 29 days. So the starting point is, that the months before, the months which determine the Chagim, are always 29 days. So that's good. You have a fixed sense of the previous month. It gives you confidence when Kishri will begin and it gives you confidence when Nisan will begin but right now we've undermined Adar we said actually it's not true Adar could sometimes be 30 days so we don't have total confidence when Nisan begins now we had said that El is always 29 days now we're going to go back and undermine that a little bit and Ula's going to say, yes, it's very nice that you said that Elul was always 29 days. i got to tell you, and I just came from Eretz Yisrael, and they made Elul 30 days. Okay, so that confidence that we have, that Elul's always 29, others always 29, so you know when Nisan begins, you know when Tishrei begins, has been undermined. Adar might not be 29. Elul that we've said is always 29. Ula now comes and says, there was a year just now that they made Elul 30 days. So he also Ula, when Ula came from Israel, Amar, he said, they made Elul 30 days. Amar Ula, now Ula said, our Babylonian colleagues should know what, you know, how, what good we did for them, that we made Elul 30 days in Eretz Yisrael and how nice we were to them. Okay? So we're going to see in a minute, A, why was it nice, and B, why was it Dafka nice for them? Okay? But that's what Ula is saying. You know, you guys should, uh, um, you know, should, 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 should uh, acknowledge how nice we were in Eretz Yisrael that we made Elul 30 days for you. So what the Gemara is going to say, my Tivusa, okay? What, 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 what type of a favor is this? Now, you could just be saying, like, why is it a big deal? But Tosos actually gives a little bit more of a, like, of a, of a, of a, like a thorn, a punch to this question. If you look at Tosos, my Tirusa, Tosos says, Shema'avrin Elul, Timutas Shaloyavru, Kadesh Shaloyitrayomin Misafeg. So it says, what benefit are you doing me? Oh, we did it very nice. We made Elul 30 days. It fixed some things. So the question is, like, you know what? Don't do me any favors. Just make Elul 29 days all the time, and then I'll know when Tishrei is, right? And then I won't have to have two days of Rosh Hashanah, and two days of Sukkot, and two days of Shemini Atzeret. I don't need your favors. Let's just say Elul's 29 days, period, no question. Okay? <laughs> right, right, right. So that's what Tosus is saying. It's like, it's a real question. Like, whatever benefit I got, you're about to tell me, that I got from you making Elul 30 days, I'm not so clear it's such a benefit. I'd rather just keep Elul 29 days. So let's anyway see what the answer is. My Tivu, so what was the benefit? Ula Amar Mishum Yarka. So Ula, who's the one who came and said that there was this great thing they did and it was a benefit, said it was because of vegetables. For dead bodies. What does this mean? We're going to see it's two different scenarios. One is adjusting the calendar when Shabbos and Yom Kippur, were, if Shabbos and Yom Kippur were to fall out back to back. Now, in our calendar, that never happens, right? Shabbos, meaning Yom Kippur is never on a Friday or a Sunday. What would happen if we fall back to back? It would be two days you could not bury um, any bodies because you don't bury any bodies on Shabbos even through having non-Jews do it and you don't bury bo- dead bodies on, on Yom Kippur. So especially in hot climates and no refrigeration, two days that you can't bury a body is a pretty serious problem. So therefore, that's Meitaya. We don't want there to be two days of complete no burial of bodies. What's Mishum Yarka? Mishum Yarka is a different issue. It's not Shabbos and Yom Kippur. 
it's Shabbos and Yontav back to back. What's the issue there? Well, you want fresh vegetables for Shabbos, and you want your fresh vegetables for uh, for Yontav. You don't have a refrigerator, so if Shabbos and Yontav are always are never back to back, you can always go to the garden and pick fresh vegetables the day before. Mm-hmm. But if they're back to back and you pick fresh vegetables on Friday, then comes Sunday Yontav, and your vegetables are already wilted. So that's so one is a reason to separate Yom Kippur and Shabbat. So you don't have two days you can't bury dead bodies. And the other reason to separate Yontav and Shabbat so you don't have um, two days in which, so you don't, so you have days in which you could pick fresh food between the, right before Shabbat or right before Yontav. Yes? Your that second consideration was never brought up in all that discussion of Eric Pesach and Shabbat. Right. So that obviously is not one because that doesn't factor into our calendar as all of us know we have these multiple three-day yantos, you know, that does not seem to be the issue that dominates. It's the metayad is the more dom is the issue. Let's take a look. My benayu, what would be a difference between those concerns? So here's going to play out. One concern addresses the issue of Yom Kippur following Shabbat and said that we would adjust the calendar to make sure that Yom Kippur doesn't fall out right after Shabbat. If your concern is dead bodies, then we would adjust the calendar to prevent that from happening. If it's because of vegetables, so vegetables is not an issue on, on, on Yom Kippur. You're not eating on Yom Kippur. When are you going to need your fresh vegetables? After Yom Kippur. So after Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, go pick your fresh vegetables. Now you could, by the way, have said that fresh vegetables is an issue of Yom Kippur leading into Shabbat. Right. Because you want your fresh vegetables on Shabbat. But okay, that would be an example where it would only be the concern of dead bodies and not the concern of vegetables. And therefore we would adjust it according to one, we wouldn't adjust it according to the other. Mar says, look, this reason of dead bodies is a pretty serious reason. So if you say your concern is vegetables, shouldn't you also concede to the concern of dead bodies? So the Gemara says, okay, you're right. Everybody agrees to the concern of dead bodies. So nobody will ever accept Yom Kippur and Shabbat back to back. The whole debate is whether you also are concerned about this vegetable issue. The dead body issue, everybody is concerned with, and that's our calendar. Yom Kippur and Shabbat are never back to back. What's at stake is, is this vegetable thing a serious concern? So the Gemara says, Ella... So, um, so, Yontav and Shabbat back to back, which as we know, happens all the time. The one that's also concerned about vegetables, you would make a, you would add a day in the, you know, of Elul or whatever, a day of the previous month in order to separate them, not have Yontav and Shabbat back to back. But if your only concern is dead bodies, so you can have non-Jews bury dead bodies on the first day of Yontav. Not on Shabbat, but the first day of Yontav. So therefore, Yontav and Shabbat back-to-back is not a problem. Because on one of those days, you can get the body buried. You will not go two days without burying the body. Okay, so the Gemara says, what's really the debate is, do you believe in this vegetable concern? Will you allow Shabbos and Yontav to be back-to-back? So the Gemara says, If you're only focusing on the dead bodies, why are you not concerned about the fresh vegetables? So, I mean, obviously the answer could be like, okay, it's not such a big deal. But anyway, let's see what the Gemara says. Because what you could do is you could heat up the vegetables or keep them in warm water and that'll keep them relatively fresh. So, the fact that they're not 100% fresh or whatever, it's not going to make me all of a sudden adjust the calendar just for that. And as we know, we do have Shabbos and Yantam back to back. 
So now, now we've established what's the issue. Why they would adjust the calendar to prevent Shabbos and Yom Kippur, um, or maybe even Shabbos and Yom from being back to back. So now we have to get to why should we in Bavel feel a particular sense of gratitude? I mean, okay, why is it, is this true for anybody? Why is it Dafka something we in Bavel should be grateful for? So the Gemara says, Why is it special for us? Even for them in Israel, in Eretz Israel, this is an equal benefit. Says, no. For us, the world is very hot and humid, um, and therefore the concern of the um, you know the sort of decomposing dead bodies or the wilting of the vegetables are a heightened concern in Bavel. for them in Israel, they have nice more you know breezes and it's less humid and they've got the beautiful Mediterranean weather. So for them, the dead bodies and decomposing bodies and wilting vegetables are not as big of an issue. So we in Bavel to feel particularly grateful that they've adjusted the calendar to prevent this from happening. You know, but going back to Tosus' point, it's like, okay, but maybe I still would rather just know when Rosh Hashanah is going to be and only have one day on them. So the Gemara never really addresses that, but here is this point. On the one hand, you have, on the one side, you have the confidence of when Tishrei is going to be, or the earlier discussion about other, the confidence of when Nisan is going to be, and the other possibility is honestly being responsive to the witnesses or adjusting the calendar for other types of for other types of realities. So on the one hand we got through saying Adar could be twenty nine or thirty days based on the witnesses. Here we're saying Elo, although we've always said Elo's always twenty nine days, we're saying no, once it was thirty and we actually will adjust the Elo Elo, maybe even regardless of witnesses, in order to <coughs> avoid these other types of issues about Yom Kippur and Shabbos being back to back. Okay. So now the Gemara says like this. Um, now, Amy, is this really true that we can intentionally adjust the calendar and ignore the witnesses? Now we're getting to the heart of this, right? This is a theme we've been talking about until now. If Adar's always 29 days, we're going to ignore the witnesses. Or the opposite here, if we're going to make Elul 30 days, maybe we're doing it intentionally to manipulate the calendar. So is this really true that you can manipulate the calendar in disregard of the witnesses? Is, is this really true? Uh, where am I? The Hatani Rabbi Bar Shmuel did Rabbi Bar Shmuel teach Yochel Kashem Shema Abrin Et Hashana Litzorech Kach Ma Abrin Et Hachodesh Litzorech. Perhaps the same way we can adjust the year for a need, we can just add an extra month in order to get the seasons, uh, you know, cor- uh, you know, synced. Maybe we can also adjust a month for a need, add an extra day to a month, regardless of the witnesses for these types of concerns we've just mentioned. Talmud Lomar, the verse teaches Hachodesh Hazel Lachem Rosh Chadashim. This is for you, a Rosh Chodesh. Like this, you should see and you should sanctify. So, see, sanctify based on what the witnesses say, on what the moon is that they saw, and not based on your own external concerns of adjusting the calendar for other reasons. So you, so how, so you see, you have to be based on testimony. How could we say we adjusted it for these various issues? So Amar Rava, so it says Rava, Lokasha, it's not difficult. Kan Abro, Kan How are we adjusting the calendar? Are we adjusting the calendar by the witnesses said it should have been, that that it was, that it should have been day thirty was Rosh Chodesh and we ignored them and we made it day thirty one? That's ignoring them Abro. They wanted it to make a twenty nine day month and we made it into a thirty day month. There's another way of ignoring them, which is Lakadisho. The witnesses did not come today. It would have been a 30-day month, and we sanctified it early. We made it a 29-day month. So let me ask you, which one is a more of a disregarding of the witnesses? To 
they came on day 30 and we ignored them and made it on day 31. That's ignoring them le'abro. Or they didn't come at all on day 30 and we sanctified day 30 without witnesses. That's ignoring them show. Again, Kiddush means to make it early, to make it a 29-day month, the previous one. La'abro make, makes it a full month. Which one do you think is a more to, in defiance or in ignoring of the witnesses? The first one, so you actually had witnesses and they were, you, they were right in front of you. So you, you could say in the first one, you disregarded them. They testified yeah. and you ignored them and you didn't make it Rosh Chodesh and you waited till the next day. Now argue me the other way. Well, uh, in the first, you're ignoring the idea of witnesses. Completely. Exactly. In, in, in the case where they came, they testified, and after you accepted their testimony, you sanctified. You just sanctified a day late, but at least you did the right thing. You accepted their testimony and you sanctified. Whereas in the other case, they didn't show up and you sanctified without witnesses. So we're going to see the Gemara is going to sort of argue both ways, but it's going to say maybe you have more latitude in one of those scenarios rather than the other. Okay, and the first way it's going to say is if you get the witnesses today on day 30 and then you sanctify day 31, that's Abro, that's not as bad. At least you did Kazera'e the Kadesh. You saw the moon, you had testimony of the moon, and you sanctified. Maybe a little, a little delayed, but you still did the right procedure. Okay, and that would be better. Okay, so let's take a look. And as we saw before about Elul, the Chiddush was what that they added a day. They made Elul 30 days. So they adjusted it by delaying. Okay, and that's one thing. Kan abro in one case it's a delaying. Kan Kadesho, in the other, it's doing it early. The Hachikamar. And that doing it early is the problem. Perhaps the same way we add an extra month to the year, and we add an extra day to the month for a need, that's okay to do it late. Maybe the same way we could, we could do the month early for a need, make it a 29-day month, the previous month. No, first you have to see, then you have to sanctify. So you could do it a day late, you could postpone it like we did before, we made a 30-day elo, but you can't do it a day early. Okay, so that's what we're saying right now. We're not done. Um, like what Rabbi Yosho Ben Levi says you can put the fear of God you can you know, make the Edim uh, scare the Edim if they saw the month in its time Bismano means that the previous month was a 29 day month so you can scare them to say don't sh- uh, shut up don't give your testimony in order to allow us to make it the previous month a full month Okay, so you can ignore the witnesses or silence the witnesses in order to add a day to the month. But the But you don't put scare them to testify that they saw the month a day before they did in order to make it early. Now that clearly is would be the most intolerable that we would actually suburn perjury. That we would actually mm-hmm. get them. It's one thing to say no witnesses showed up. We're making it rosh chodesh anyway. It's another thing to get them to testify that they saw it today, a day early, when they didn't actually see it, to get them to testify falsely. But you do see this difference. We will not do it a day early. We will do it. We will shut them up and do it a day late. But we won't force them to testify a day early falsely. Mm-hmm. And by in parallel, what we're saying is we also won't even just do it without them. We won't do it early. We will do it late. Now, we're not done, but that's where we are at this stage. Yes. Witnesses, uh, the, the court knows what to expect from witnesses right. in terms of what it's when, exactly. Right? So how could they even uh, consider this second uh, possibility 
because they, they have a know right, but that right, but that's the thing. They have external reasons they want to adjust the calendar, like they don't want Yom Kippur and Shabbos to be back to back. So we're disregarding astronomy, disregarding witnesses. We're going to make it. To, we're going to ma- we're going to sanctify. You know, today is you know we're make, going to make the previous month twenty nine days. Now it's one thing to not bother with witnesses. It's another thing to actually get them to testify falsely. So I think we can all agree we're not going to get them to testify falsely. But the Gemara is actually going one step further and saying, and we won't even do it early regardless. We want to first get testimony and then do it. Okay? But we're not done. The Gemara says, Aini, is this true? Now, often Rav Yudha is understood as the grandson of Rav Yudha Nasi, but Tosa says this is actually a much later Rav Yudha because he was a contemporary of Rav Ami. Anyway, he said to Rav Ami, be aware, all of the life of Rav Yochanan, he would always teach us the following thing. The exact opposite of what we said. We actually would scare the witnesses to give testimony a day early, something that they had not seen, to testify they had seen it, in order that we could do it a day early. Even though, and it's like, in case you have any doubts, what he's saying, here we go. Even though they did not see it, Yomru Rainu, we would get wow. them to say we saw it. So we would actually not only be prepared to do the calendar earlier than was appropriate, but even scaring the witnesses to say it. So Amar Abaye, so says Abaye, Lokash, it's not difficult. Habanisan Batishre Habashar Yarche. The difference is Nisan and Tishrei versus the other months. Why? Nisan and Tishrei determine the holidays. So Nisan and Tishrei are the months where we have the greatest need to adjust the calendar, right? That's what we've been talking about before. The great need to adjust the calendar relates to Yantif. So when we really need to adjust the calendar, like Nisan and Tishrei, we're going to do it regardless of witnesses. We'll do it late, we'll do it early. Not only will we do it early, maybe we'll even get them to testify falsely. Now that's the hardest pill to swallow. It's one thing to say you do it early. It's another thing to say you get them to do it falsely. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. Nisan and Tishrei, that we're going to adjust the calendar at will. Other months... Then we'll only do it late, we won't do it early, and then we're certainly not going to get the witnesses to lie. Okay, that's his answer. Rav Amar, now Rav has a different answer. Hadapani Rav Bar Shmuel, that statement of Rav Bar Shmuel that's been giving us a headache, that says that we don't, you know, we have to always base ourselves on witnesses, we don't adjust the months, that's That's not a consensus, that's a das yachid, that's others, others meaning Rebbe Meir. Titania, we call it a brysa, acherim omrim, others, meaning Rebbe Meir says, there is no gap between you know, um, Shavuot and Shavuot, or Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah, meaning any two dates on the Hebrew calendar from one year to the next. Ewa arba yamin bilvad, only four days. And in the leap year five. Why? Because how, how, how long is the Hebrew uh, year? How many days? Is the Hebrew year 354, which is normally, which is 350 is is 50 weeks Mm -hmm. with four days remaining. So Mm -hmm. any date that's Rosh Hashanah one year, the next year is four days later. Now, if a leap year is always 29 days, so you take out 28, and that gives you one extra day. So in a leap year, it makes a five-day shift, and in a non-leap year, a four-day shift. Now, if I told you that that in any year from one date to the next in the next calendar it's always going to be exactly a four day shift 
you would say that sounds to me like you have a pre-fixed uh, calendar not based on witnesses, right? It's all predetermined. The Gemara here is reading it in the opposite. The Gemara here is reading it like, no, if we keep our, mess, our like troublesome hands out of the calendar and just let, you know, astronomy determine then that's the natural astronomical reality is a four-day shift. That's what will happen is we don't fiddle with it. So the, you can confidently say it'll only be a four-day shift if you're always really looking at the month and you're not fiddling and adjusting. But if you're fiddling and adjusting for Yom Kippur and Shabbos and Yantiv and who knows what, maybe it'll be five, maybe it'll be six, maybe it'll be three. Four days is what you can say if you always base yourself on astronomy. Now the problem with that is, I should say, it's one thing to base yourself on astronomy, it's another the fact that the astronomy is dependent on what? It's not just you look at your charts and you know, right? It's dependent on people coming in testifying. So it could very well be that that's exactly... 30 lunar, uh, not 30, 12 lunar months. But it doesn't mean the witnesses will necessarily have seen it. It might have been a cloudy day, right? So on, the, one, of the, uh, one, of the, on the, one of the last days, it might be cloudy. They won't see it. They'll come a day late. So it's not exactly clear to me how we can in confidence say this will always happen if it's based on astronomical reality as witnessed by real people based on weather conditions. Now, you could say it will always be adjusting because if in one month they didn't see it and they should have saw it on day 30 and it was cloudy and they didn't, so that month wound up having been a 30-day month instead of a 29, but the next month it will adjust back, right? Because, you know, because you can't keep on adding days because, you know, the months keep on adjusting back. Over time it will adjust, but it doesn't mean every year it will have adjusted soon enough. So it is a little funny that the Gemara asserts that this means that this is always based on no fiddling exactly what the witnesses say, but that's what the Gemara says. You're right. Forget all of our qualifications before. We were making distinctions. We'll do it late. We won't do it early. We won't have them lie. We'll just have them shut up. You know, maybe it depends if it's Nisan and Tishrei or something else. The says, forget that. We can, we're going to adjust it at will and maybe we'll get them to lie if we need them to lie. We'll do whatever we want. That statement, that we don't fiddle with it and we don't adjust it, that's a position of a cheirin, that's a position of Rebbe Meir that says we don't fiddle with it. But that's not our position. Our position is we adjust it as we need to. Yes. Well, there's also the possibility of clouds. Right. Well, that's what I meant. Weather conditions and, and, and clouds. And another one, which is the average length of the month that we see is 29, roughly 29 and a half days. But the individual months can be a little shorter, a little longer right. because of the eccentricities in the orbits. Okay, so you've lost me already, but yes. So that's the point. To say that this idea is based on, you know, on direct observation and not fiddling with it, you, won't, you would not have that degree of predictability. There are weather conditions, there are clouds, there are other things, and it will adjust over time, but not necessarily on a year-by-year basis. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the Gemara's answer. The Gemara's answer at this stage is, forget any qualifications, we will adjust it at will. The idea that we don't adjust it, and it's all based on witnesses, that's the Acherim. Okay. Rav Masni Ipcha. Now, by the way, now we're going to have, going back to this question of will we have a preference or, a, uh, you know, a reservation of doing one type of adjusting versus the other, he says the opposite of what we were saying. You actually will more get them to lie and do it a day early. The aim, I mean, because then at least you're doing it based on testimony. Okay, false testimony, little asterisk, but still based on testimony, that we will do. The aim, I mean, but you won't silence them in order to do it right in order to do it late why not my timer what's the reason 
Hi, Mexican Shikra. Hi, Mexican Shikra. In one case, it looks like a lie. In the other case, it doesn't look like a lie. So you've got to love the irony. So here's the case. Nobody saw the moon today because it really wasn't visible. But we have a need to adjust the calendar. So we're going to get witnesses to lie and say they saw it. And we're going to make today Rosh Chodesh. So I go to you, Charlie, and I say, today was Rosh Chodesh. The witnesses came and saw the month. You're not going to say, oh, that can't be. I looked outside and I didn't see it. Because you'll figure, I wasn't looking closely, it was cloudy. You'll figure there's a reason you didn't see it. You'll trust me when I say, witnesses said they saw it, and we made it Rosh Chodesh. Even though they, we didn't see it and we got them to lie. But, here's the other scenario. Witnesses saw it today, and um, I'm going to come and say, uh, yeah, but today isn't Rosh Chodesh, tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. Nobody saw it. And nobody came and testified. And you, Charlie, you're going to say, what the hell are you talking about? Me and my ten friends were out. It was as clear as a day. We all saw it. How could it be that you're saying today isn't Rosh Chodesh? Nobody came and testified. Right? So that's Mechzi Shikra. So we all got the Taini Lud. What? They all got the Taini So basically, we will be prepared to do it early and even force them to lie to do it early because we won't get caught in our lie. But we won't silence them and do it late because then it will be obvious that we're actually manipulating it. So you got to love the irony. Here's the irony. We would rather engage in a lie which doesn't look like a lie. <laughs> we, we would rather get them to lie if it doesn't look like we're lying than just get them quiet, right, if that looks like a lie. So we're more concerned with the appearances of a lie than the actual fact of getting them to testify falsely. Is that, is that clear what's happening here? <laughs> All right, anyway, so it reminds me of a tshuva of Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky about the whole question of gelatin, you know, about gelatin which comes from like uh, 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 the bones of pigs and so on and does does it get processed enough so that it's so that it's not really considered you know uh, you know uh, usser anymore? It's all dried out bones, etc. So he basically writes this shuva and he says technically it's to- it's mutter, it's totally mutter gelatin. Um, he says, but he says we can't say it's mutter. Why can't we say it's mutter? He says because the reform rabbis who basically think that oh you know you can make halacha say whatever you wanted to say and you could totally manipulate it, so they'll say look you know we're right. The rabbis took pig and they said it was mutter. They said gelatin is mutter. You see, you can just do whatever you want with halacha. So in order not to feed into the reform rabbis, you know, you know we're going we're gonna to have to say it's chaser. So, so when I teach this, I say, you notice the irony. In order so it doesn't look like we can manipulate halacha as we want, we're going to manipulate halacha. <laughs> and say that it's also so it doesn't look like we can manipulate halacha. So that's what you get in this Gemara. So it doesn't look, so it, it, it's better to get them to lie so it won't look like we're lying. Anyway, that's his position. His position is we're more prepared to manipulate the calendar to do it early rather than manipulate the calendar to do it late. Okay. So that's now the end of that discussion for now. Elul can, Adar can sometimes be 29, sometimes 30. Elul can even sometimes be 30. We will manipulate the calendar not to have Yom Kippur and Shabbos back to back. Maybe even not to have Yom Kippur and Shabbos back to back, although that's not the way we rule. Okay, we will manipulate the calendar. Are there limits to manipulating the calendar? In the end, we basically say no. We can manipulate it at will. Maybe there's a preference of doing it late rather than early because then we're not sort of um, you know, because then we're not sort of like disregarding witnesses or we're actually doing the process of taking witnesses and so on, doing the right order. Maybe there's a preference of doing early rather than late because if we, as, as long as we do it early, it's not obvious that we're lying. Of course, what's even more shocking is not just that we're choosing to do it early, but that we're actually getting witnesses to lie in order to 
play along to allow us to do it early. So those are the various issues in terms of the fact that we will adjust the calendar as we need to. Now we're going to get to some straight astronomy discussion. So get your astronomy thinking caps on. All right, let's take a look. Amr Shmuel, says Shmuel, who we know was a big bucky in astronomy. I could set up the calendar for the entire exile. Presumably he said exile, A, he lived in exile, but B, since we're so dependent on the Kiddush HaPiari'iyah that gets done in Eretz Yisrael, and we never exactly know what's happening, and we always have to get do an extra day, says, you know, if I, if, if, if I wanted to, I could just set up the entire calendar based on the astronomy, which, as we know, is what happened in the time of Philoshani. Of course, you're not going to do it different for exile and for Eretz Yisrael. We have to have a shared calendar. But anyway, he says, I, I got this whole astronomy thing figured out. I could set up a whole calendar. So, so Abba the father of Shimwai said to Shmuel, Do you know what is meant by this line that we teach in the Sod Haibur, the secret of the of the uh, uh, you know of the uh, pregnancy of meaning of the uh, of the of the of the determination of the month? So there was basically like a little book that they had, you know, that had all of the like secret rules of uh, how you make the, uh, of, of astronomy. Um, and it was called the secret. Okay, so do you know what this, what this, that, and anyway, whatever the things were, they were said very cryptically. Apparently, most of it was like a Torah Shabbat Peh. So do you know what this line means that we teach it, that's written, that, that's taught in Sod HaIbur? Nolad Kodem Chatzos, so Nolad Achar Chatzos. That it matters whether the Molad, that, that there's a big difference if the Molad was before or after Chatzos. Do you know what the significance of that is? Amalei, no, said, no. Amalei, so he said, ah, he's a hollow Yadamar. If you don't know what that line means, so then there must be a lot of other things you don't know what it means. Don't be such a, oh, I can set up the whole calendar. Yeah, let me test you. What is this little line here? I mean, oh, you don't know? There's got to be other things you don't know either. All right. So, now, Kisalik Rebzeira Shalach Lehu. When Rebzeira went to Eretz Israel, he sent back to the exile the following line. Number one, the day and night have to be from the month. Now, what does that mean? So you can already see there's a long Arachia, a long Tosros. If you just, just to give you a sense of how complicated or obscure the Gemara is that we're reading, um, it's very cryptic, the Gemara, like, you know, um, which is like the Sot Ha'ibor. You do actually wonder whether they felt that it was some, like, religious secret, whether there was a point about keeping a secret other than just being, like, a difficult thing. But anyway, but just to give you a sense about how much is, like, um, you know, about, like, how much... Uh, is, is written on it. So the Baal HaMa'or, Rizrachi Alevi, 12th century, okay, this is his, this is his commentary on the few lines of Gemara that we're about to write. Okay, you see this? <laughs> That's what he wrote on these few lines of Gemara. So anyway, back to our Gemara. The night and the day have to be from the month. What does this mean? What Rashi says it means is the following. As Rashi says it means that let's say, now, the, I, first of all, the first thing you have to know is the principle of, which we're about to read in the Gemara, which is, Kaftalar Shai Machasi Sihara. Sihara is the moon. The moon is hidden for 24 hours. Okay, what happens is, is, in the case of the old moon, okay, the moon basically moves relative to the sun in a counterclockwise direction. It goes 360 degrees over 30 days, 12 degrees a day, about a half a degree an hour. Okay? So it's moving back counterclockwise. This is the old moon. It's a little bit in front of the, of the sun. So you see it, the, the sun is below the horizon. So you see the moon at the beginning of the day, if you really want to call it, it's the very end of the night, right? Because it's before the sun rises. 
so it's at the very end of the night you see you, you see the you, you see the old moon then you don't see it because the sun comes up and obviously it's too close and you can't see it and then it sets before the sun so the only time you see it is at the very end of the night okay then it, you know it, it gets closer and closer to the sun it's in line with the sun you can't see it at all it's, you still can't see it because it's not yet enough out of the plane of the sun and then the new moon is visible when it moves enough out of the enough behind the sun so now you don't see it in the beginning of the day because it's traveling right behind the sun and it's too bright and you can't see it. Then the sun sets and you see it right right at the beginning of the night. Right? Once the sun sets, it's nighttime, you see it right at the beginning of the night and then it sets and you can't see it. So the old moon you see at the very end of the night, right before sunrise. Okay, that's confusing. You see it right before sunrise and the, and the new moon you see right after sunset. Okay? Now, from the time it gets too close to the sun till it becomes, you know, you know, it does, you know, till it becomes far enough away till it becomes visible is 24 hours. Okay, so there's 24 hours where the moon is not actually visible. Now, actually, Rambam actually writes it's closer to two days. The reality is, is that um, in general, it's assumed. You know, this is again what the little I read about this. It needs to be nine degrees removed to be visible. Okay, nine degrees removed is 18 hours, right? <coughs> so the half a degree per hour is 18 hours, which means that 18 hours, you know, 18 hours times two, times two, right? Within the, within the first nine degrees, you know, in this direction and nine degrees in that direction, it's really 36 hours, it's not visible. But the commander says 24, okay? So that's basically principle number one. Now, to this line of the Gemara, the line says, that um, that uh, where was the lie? Lila the only hachodes. So Rashi says, I'm just going to give you Rashi's read of this, which is an easy read. So um, like this: that if in on a particular day, let's say on day 30, because day 30 always has the potential of being Rosh Chodesh. Okay, here's day 30. It starts halachically at the night. Here's the day. You saw the old moon. You know, at, you know, because the old moon you see at the very end of the night, okay? So you saw, you saw the old moon on the night of day 30, so I guess it would be here, right before daybreak. You saw the old moon, okay? You saw the old moon on day 30. So Rashi says, Laila Yomi HaChodesh means, if you saw the old moon during the night, you cannot, in the day, make the, say, oh, I saw the new moon, and make it Rosh Chodesh. So the answer is, uh, of course you can. There's at least 24 hours from the time you saw the old moon till the time you're going to see the new moon. Of course you can. So Raji says this goes back to our earlier discussion of how much will we manipulate the calendar, you know, based on people's uh, knowledge otherwise. And Raji's point is, if people saw the old moon, if the old moon was visible on this day, even if you wanted to manipulate the calendar, it, you know, and say we're going to call it Rosh Chodesh, you can't. It's way too obvious that today isn't Rosh Chodesh because people saw the moon the night before. And people know that the new moon isn't going to come out for at least another 24 hours. Okay, so that's what Rashi says that line means. Okay, so let's read that again. No, they knew the old moon, but you didn't have a testimony about it. Okay, so, Lila Yomi the night and the day are both connected for the month. If you saw the moon, the old moon in the night, you're not going to make the day and say you saw the new moon and make it with Chodesh, even if you wanted to manipulate the calendar. That's what Rashi says. 
Now, back to the line we said before, Yizu Shamar Abba, who is Rebbe Simlai, Nechashin et Toldoso, this statement of, of Abba, the, uh, the father of Rebbe Simlai, is before Chatzos and after Chatzos, here's what it means. Nechashin et Toldoso, you figure out the Mola. The Mola is when the moon first moves off of the parallel plane, starts moving out of the plane of the sun, Towards, it's not yet visible, like we said, there needs to be, you know, nine degrees till it gets visible, but when it starts going off of the zero degrees, and astronomically it's not in the same plane, that's the molai. So you determine the molai. Nolad kodem chatzot, biyadua shenira samach l'shkiyat hachama. Lo nolad kodem chatzot, biyadua shalonira samach l'shkiyat hachama. Okay? So if the molad happens uh, before chatzot, then you know that it'll be visible before, uh, before sunset. If the molot happens after chatzot, it won't be visible before sunset. Well, my asking, you know, why do I care whether it'll be visible or not? So that you can contradict the witnesses. If the witnesses say something that is not astronomically possible, you know they're lying and you know that, that you can contradict them. That's why we had to know the astronomy, so we could know whether we could believe what the witnesses were saying. Now, what does this mean, know like before Chatzot or after Chatzot? Because, again, the new moon, um, hold on, let me see if I got this right. Yes, the new moon is going to be seen, Samach Lishkiyah Right, that's what we said. Mm-hmm. Right, the new moon travels behind the sun. It's going to be seen Samach Lishkiyah Chachama. So the assumption here is, not like we've just said, that it takes 18 hours to be visible. The assumption of the Gemara, which I can't defend, is that it will be visible in six hours. Once it's six hours removed from the plane, it'll be, the moon will be visible. So if the Molas, if they were exactly lined up here, right? If, yes, you with me? Mm-hmm. If they were exactly lined up here, that was the Molot, it started, you know, it exactly started moving, then six hours later, it'll be enough removed from the plane to be visible. So if the Molot was Kodem Chatzot, right at this point, it started moving off of the plane, right before Chatzot, Kodem Chatzot, then six hours later, right, it'll be visible. Because six, assuming that six, it only takes six hours to be visible, then six hours later at sunset, now it's visible, and now you'll see it at sunset. But if it was Noah after Chatzot, right, and here's where it starts to become visible, I mean, here's where it starts to move off the plane, so it becomes visible six hours later, so six hours later it's already below the horizon. Mm-hmm. You with me? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if it started moving off the plane here before Chatzot, then it'll be visible six hours later, and that'll be right after, right at sunset, right after sunset. If it moves off the plane after Chatzot, then six hours later, it'll be below the horizon, and you won't be able to see it. Mm-hmm. So the line about before Chatzot and after Chatzot mattering means that line that Shmuel didn't know what it means. What it means is, if the Molad is before Chatzot, then it will be, it, then the moon can be visible that day. If the Molad is after Chatzot, it's not possible for the moon to be visible that day. Yeah. This is an approximate calculation depending on what time of year it is. In the summer, yeah. it would actually, you would actually get more than six hours. Because that's right, there's more than six hours of sunlight. That's a very good point. Right. Okay, and it's also strange the assumption that it only takes six hours to become visible because it's really, again, astronomically, I've seen that anywhere between six, uh, basically 18, some say maybe 15 and a half hours, but it definitely takes a lot more than six hours to move off the plane to be visible. All right, let's go just try to read another line of the Gemara. 
plane. You're talking about yeah. No, no, no. The, 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 when I say moving off the plane, I mean that the moon and the and the sun and the, and the earth are in line. Okay. That's the plane. Is that what the mola? The mola is when it they, when it starts to move away from that line. Is that conjunction? Conjunction. The conjunction, the, that's the, uh, the conjunction. yes, yes, thank you. I was not using a technical term. Yes. In conjunction, they're exactly in line. The molad is when it moves off that conjunction. Okay? Okay. So let's just read one more line. Amar of Zera, Amar of Nachman. Okay, so this is the idea. It's covered for 24 hours. Now, Lididan, Shisme Itika Vistamne Sremi for us in Eretz Israel, Six of the old month moon can't be seen, and eighteen of the new mo- of the new month is hidden. Lididhu for them in Eretz Yisrael, shis me'achadata six hours of the new moon can't be seen. The tamni sreimatika and eighteen hours of the old moon can't be seen. Lemaynaf um, gemina, what difference does it make? Amravashi lachushe sadi in order to contradict the witnesses. Okay, now, this is the idea of 24 hours, but this line is extremely difficult because, for the reason I told you, that in practice, the moon can't be seen 18 hours of the old and 18 hours of the new. The nine degrees near the sun is not visible in either direction. The other thing that, and it's not six and 18. The other thing that makes it difficult is why does Eretz Yisrael versus Bavel matter? And why would it be such a radical shift? Right? But besides which, Eretz Yisrael and Bavel, there's less, okay, you know, they're just seeing the exact same astronomical events like uh, an hour later. Right? Just because the bubble's a little bit to the east. What difference does it make about how, how long the moon is hidden from the sun or not? So this line is extremely difficult to explain. I'm not really going to try. Um, I will give you one attempt. Okay, we're really over time, but I'll just give you one attempt to explain this, which is the following. Look, look here back at what we've drawn here. This is assuming that really, again, which is not true, but in principle, well, as if, we'll assume that the Gemara thinks that the moon is visible once it is six hours removed from the conjunction, like we've been saying, okay? So in that case, in this scenario, okay, let's just follow this scenario for a moment, okay? It's removed, it removes from the conjunction the Molech after Hatzot, okay? In that case, is it going to be visible here? No because it will only begin to be visible after sunset. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's hidden for these six hours, hidden, 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 hidden for these 12 hours, and it only becomes visible at sunrise. Mm-hmm. So in this case, the new moon is hidden for 18 hours, right? 18 hours, the new moon can't be seen. Okay, the old moon, again, this is assuming six hours is the, is the actual period that it can't be seen. Mm-hmm. The old moon was invisible for the previous six hours because it was too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. So in this scenario, assuming you only need six hours removed, it's six hours of the old wasn't seen and 18 hours of the new. Okay, which is exactly the reality, assuming A, you only need a six hour gap, and B, that the, that the molad was exactly after Chatzot. Okay, now, consider the opposite case. The molad was exactly before Chatzot. If the molad was exactly before Chatzot, it's visible right at sunset, mm-hmm. right? So the only time that it's hidden in this scenario is only six hours of the new, because it was visible right at sunset. When was the last time the old one was visible? Okay, so back here, in theory it was visible back here, but then it was below the horizon, right? Mm-hmm. So the only real time the last one was visible was way back here, 18 hours ago. So in this case, 
you, the old one was hidden for 18 hours and the new one was hidden for 6 hours so do you see the little shift of before and after Chatzot if it was before Chatzot the new one is hidden for 6 and the old one for 18 if it's after Chatzot the new one is hidden for 18 and the old one for 6 so some want to say that's the difference it's saying between Babel and Eretz Yisrael because Babel and Eretz Yisrael the shift of one hour from Babel to Eretz Yisrael would shift the scenario of the Molot after Chatzot to before Chatzot and it's actually describing right those two cases now okay so I don't know if you got that or you got yeah. just the gist but the basic point is that's a brilliant explanation the only thing that it has to assume is, the, is what the Gemara we saw already assumed which is the moon is visible once it is six hours removed from the conjunction which actually isn't the case but maybe we can just say yeah, I don't know for some type of hypothetical if you assume it's visible after six hours from the conjunction then this issue of six and eighteen from the old and the new is all dependent on whether it was right before Chatzot or right after Chatzot and that could be the difference of how it would shift when you would move from Babel to Eretz Yisrael that one hour difference in time zone essentially would lead to that to that difference of before and after Chatzot okay I hope you got some of that